Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I want to make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you, and you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans. They even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices. You can have read the Bible to you. Over time, I've listened to Rosie the most. She is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to. I also love Amber's voice. It's comforting and eloquent. So good. And then you can also choose what you want in the background, whether it's music or white noise. I love hearing the piano being played while I listen to the Bible being read to me. Pretty special. Dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it, so check it out. Let me know what you think. Christian Parenting Aloha, friends. Welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. friends. Welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I am so happy to have the chance to hang out with you again as we make our way through October. I can't believe it. And I just hope everybody's doing so well. I'm really excited about today's episode. I've been thinking about this one for quite a while as I get to finally tackle some Q&As. I've been collecting some questions for quite some time and keep meaning to do this. And so I know I won't get to all of them, but I've got a number of questions I'm going to try to tackle. But before we even get to that, I have a couple announcements to make, and I'm asking for your help on one of the announcements. It's something I kind of just need help deciding on, and so I've got a really short survey poll um, that I'm linking to in show notes. So I'm hoping you're going to give me some feedback because it's kind of a big decision I need to make. But before we even get to that, we'll warm up to that one slowly. I do have a more timely announcement that I'm so excited to share with you. A week from Friday, from October 21st to the 28th, we are opening the doors to my online character training course. Now, some of you have heard about this. Some of you are in it, and I know you're enjoying it. I love getting feedback from you. And some of you have just waited, and I'm going to say this is your time. (laughs) This is the time to get the course. We have some fun bonuses that will be coming with it. Um, You can go over to the course page to check out what's in it. If this is brand new news to you, definitely go over to monicaswanson.com forward slash character dash course. You can see everything that's in the course. Uh, We do only open the doors two to three times a year. Um, But once you're in there, you have lifetime access. You can take your time going through everything in the course. 
And you know, we're going to get to some Q and A's here today. And I hear from a lot of parents and there is no doubt we have our challenges cut out for us in this area of raising kids of character. We are raising our kids in a culture that does not encourage character. Our culture encourages selfishness and apathy and greed and entitlement and a whole lot of stuff that I don't think any of us want our kids to grow up to embrace. And so we have our work cut out for us. But what I hear from a lot of parents is they're willing to do the work. They just want to know what to do. And that's where I come in. I have gathered the best resources. I have done a lot of research and I have put together the character training course so that everything is in one place. And as you go through the course, you will feel equipped with everything you need to raise kids of character. And then you can return to it and go to the parts that are applicable to whatever you're walking through in the season you're in. So it's kind of like having your own little resource library right there waiting for you as you raise those kids. And if you have more than one kid, it's going to apply to all of them because they're all going to be a little bit different, right? And there's something in there for everyone, boys and girls of all ages. So I'm so excited to share this with you. So be sure to grab that link that will be in show notes or go directly to monicaswanson.com forward slash character dash course. You can leave your name and email address there and you will be notified as soon as the doors open. And of course, it's been such a joy to hear from people in the course who say it's making such a difference in their families. And that just motivates me to keep going, keep sharing it, keep adding to it, and then you can all benefit from it over time. Okay, next, if you are on my email list, then a couple weeks ago, I shared some big announcements over there about my next book, which is coming out in February of 2023. Now, let me just back up that email list. That is the place to be if you want to get news and updates first. It's also where I try to always share some encouraging links, something funny. Um, that's the, the email list is really where you want to be if you're hanging out in this community. And so I want to invite you again. I bring this up often but you can go to monicaswanson.com forward slash subscribe and then you'll be on that weekly email list. So some of you already know I made a book announcement, but I want to go ahead and make sure everybody's up to speed, especially if you're newer here. Um, my new book coming out in February is called Raising Amazing, and the subtitle's a little long, but this is what it is. It's bringing up kids who love God, like their family, and do the dishes without being asked. So essentially, this book is um, a book focused on raising boys and girls, uh, and it's for moms and dads. In fact, there's a little note at the end of each chapter written by my husband, which is just an encouraging word to the dads, which is one of my favorite features in this book. But the chapters are primarily focused on raising kids of character, which you know I love, um, raising kids of faith, which is my heart of hearts, and then also a real emphasis on raising a family that is close, that is well-connected. I love to offer encouragement for families to focus on strong sibling relationships, as well as a relationship between parents and kids. I know in our family, that's just been such a focus, and I love that my boys at this point are all best friends. Um, yes, they're human. They've had normal squabbles and fights, but they are super close and they choose each other first. And I love that. And so this book is really sharing. Um, it's in response to the questions I get asked the most, especially since boy moms come out, people are like, tell me more about how you've done this or that. Well, this book is really based on both my experience as well as a lot of research and biblical wisdom. So I'm so excited about it. Each of my boys have a little um, part in each chapter. One of my boys shares a note. It's kind of sharing from their perspective on that topic. So I think it's really unique and I hope it is a huge encouragement to all 
of you when it comes out in February. The other thing I shared in my recent email was that Corey Robertson wrote the foreword for Raising Amazing. Corey Robertson of Duck Dynasty and the author of Strong and Kind about Raising Kids of Character, but it was such an honor to team up with her in that way. And I shared some pictures. I got to meet the Robertson family over in Kauai last month and got some photos together and just enjoyed uh, getting to chat with that whole family. And I've just been so inspired seeing a family who's raised kids really in the spotlight, but kept God at the center and kept such strong family relationships and so much character in their kids and just love watching them grow up. So of course, it's such an honor to have Corey team up with me in that way. Okay, one more thing I want to touch on is the title of my book, Raising Amazing, because I'm sure some people out there are like, amazing, really? We're just trying to survive here. Are you seriously trying to talk about raising amazing kids? And what does she even mean by that? So I do want to clarify, and right there at the very beginning of the book, I have the definition of amazing that I'm using. Amazing is a pleasant surprise or something that causes wonder. And I love that so much. Isn't that what we want for our kids? We want to raise kids who are a pleasant surprise, who are a bright light in this dark world, and who cause people to wonder and then to turn that wonder to the amazing God behind it all. So I believe God has created every child to be amazing because they are created in his image and we have an amazing God. So while there's plenty of voices out there bemoaning motherhood or focusing on how difficult it is or woe is me, these kids are so hard. I really want for my own sake and all of yours to turn that around and celebrate the joy, the privilege, the honor is to raise these amazing kids God's given us to bring out their very best potential, whatever that looks like, and um, to cheer them on to be the men and women that God has created them to be. Now, I'm not denying that parenting can be really hard. In fact, I'm just going to read something from the first chapter of Raising Amazing. I say here, we can be both honest about the struggles of parenting and courageous to keep doing our best in the midst of them. We can laugh at life's craziness while taking our role as parents seriously. We can parent with the dignity our high calling deserves. I know the days can be very, very long, but one day you'll see the season of raising kids for what it is, short. So there's your first little sneak peek into the heart of Raising Amazing. So that's the book coming out in February. Of course, you're going to hear more about it over time. But this leads me to the final announcement before we get into my Q&A. And this is the one where I'm asking for your help. I have been planning all along, as soon as I decided to write this book, I started to plan to transition this podcast. In the new year, I decided that I wanted to change this to the Raising Amazing podcast because I wanted to widen my audience. I wanted to bring the girl moms in to join us here because if we're honest, most of the topics we cover here really do apply to girls as well as boys, right? And even if this were a podcast for boys and girls, I can still do some specific podcasts down the road just for the boy parents or just for girl parents. But I wanted to really open things up a little bit more and make this the Raising Amazing podcast. However, I know that for some of you, you come here. This this is your place to go because it is specifically where the boy moms hang out. And you love that. And to be honest, I do too. I'm a hashtag boy mom through and through. And so change is hard. I don't always like change. And I'm sure some of you don't either. But I want to get your feedback. How do you feel about 
um, making that change? How do you feel about embracing this as the Raising Amazing podcast? It's still going to be my voice, still going to have great guests, still going to have the same heart and really mostly the same content, just a slight shift. I would love to get your feedback. I have a very short survey. And if you enter that survey, there is a giveaway going on with it. So please grab the link over in show notes and you can um, give me your response to that. And I, I care. I really care. And I want this to be a place that you feel cared for. You feel like I am trying to meet your needs, but I'm excited to go forward however that's going to look with the podcast. Okay, so deal? (laughs) Deal. I I feel like I need a big group hug here, so bring it in for a nice group hug. I want to make everybody happy. That's one tough thing is you can't always make everyone happy, but I really try. Okay, so let's move on, and I've got a little list of questions here that I'm going to tackle as quickly as I can, and then I'm saving the rest for probably a follow-up Q&A in December. Okay. Okay, so let's tackle question number one. All right, question number one is something I get in many different uh, forms, something similar to this. So I think this will uh, hopefully speak to a lot of you. The question is, how can I get my son to be responsible? I'm tired of having the same conversations over and over. And I get this one, definitely, personally. And probably the first thought I have without knowing the details, of course, it's always hard when you just know a little bit, but I will say if you're having conversations over and over and your son is not being responsible, then perhaps what you need is less talk and more consequences. Remember, parents, consequences are our friend. So sometimes I know I have the tendency to lecture, 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 talk, 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 and really what my son needs is a good hard consequence. So what we want to do is make sure that by not rising up to the standard we've set, whatever we're asking them to do, the responsibility we've given them, they need to experience something that is more uncomfortable than the joy they get from disobeying. So we want to give them a consequence in the way of Uh, perhaps taking away a privilege, perhaps giving them a dirty chore to do, perhaps just suffering the consequence of not um, being responsible and you not coming in to rescue them and doing something for them. Remember, oftentimes there are natural consequences that come to our kids when they are irresponsible, but we as moms often swoop in and rescue them so they don't experience those consequences. So if there is a natural one, you might just let it play out. So you know your child's situation. This is going to apply whether they're little kids all the way through the teenage years. But if you're asking your son to do something, he's not doing it. He needs a consequence. And I would recommend sitting him down one more time and just making it really clear what you're asking. Make sure it's reasonable. And if it's reasonable and you're being clear, then let him know what that consequence will be. And next time he is not responsible, make sure he experiences it. And I have a feeling he will start to rise up more and more as he experiences uncomfortable or painful consequences. So I hope that helps. Okay, moving right along. This is an interesting one. Somebody asked how I feel about kids sitting in church versus sending them to Sunday school. They asked specifically, how did Dave and I do this? You know, this is a great conversation. I don't think I'm even going to give you a a solid answer, Um, but I think it's an interesting conversation for all of us to have. I never used to think about this. We always sent our kids to Sunday school without thinking about it. But more recently, I have heard of churches 
that uh, keep the kids in church just to kind of train them to sit still and listen and um, pick up more from what's happening in the church, in the worship, seeing what the adults do, and the idea that that trains them better for a um, their future, for a future walk with God, what it looks like instead of going to a room where they maybe just get to be rowdy and do crafts and do things that aren't necessarily spiritual in nature. Um, I could see both sides of this. Uh, I love that at the church we go to, they really try to uh, make Sunday school a place where kids really do learn about God. Yeah, they do some crafts, they do some fun stuff, but there's always a real biblical lesson. So it's not just daycare. Uh, They're really teaching kids and I do appreciate that. So I think there's a place for that. But I also know when Levi was young, he didn't want to go to Sunday school. He wanted to stay in church with us. And and I didn't mind that. I just gave him a little pad of paper. And I remember as he was learning to write, he would, uh, throughout, I, I still have this little journal. And I remember many weeks he'd write the word God or Jesus because he would see it up on the board in front of him. And so he was doodling. But you have to wonder what all was going into his heart and his mind as he was doodling God and Jesus and drawing a cross or drawing different little um, doodles and sketches. So I could see both sides of this. And I think it's an interesting conversation. I'd love to hear from some of you, perhaps in show notes, you can share your experience on this. Um, I think finding a church that really takes care of the kids' needs, spiritual needs, and make sure that they're teaching them from the Bible is important. Um, But if you go to a church that keeps kids in the service. I think that's kind of cool too. I I really do respect that and appreciate it. So uh, I think it's a good conversation that people are having more today than they were probably a few years ago. Okay, next. How do you recommend motivating boys to read? How have you kept them focused in your homeschooling even? How did you keep them focused on reading in their early grade school years? Yeah, reading reading is kind of a funny thing. I think some kids love to read, some don't. I think in general, girls are more drawn to reading at a younger age. My boys all took a little while to really want to read, so it was just kind of a required discipline. I think anytime you offer a reward, you know, I've tried to tell Levi every time he finishes a book, you know, I have some treat for him, and usually I end up forgetting about the treat, but he falls in love with the book. I'm not proud of that, but if I'm honest. Um, so I think if, if it's a struggle, then have a reward chart. Have, you know, read so many books and you get a special, you know, trip to ice cream or a special toy he's been wanting or something. Um, I think requiring reading each day. We have been telling Levi we want him reading an hour a day. He's 12. So that would be, you know, 30 minutes th- during the day and then 30 minutes at bedtime. I don't think he usually hits that mark. I think he probably hits more like 30 minutes total, if I'm honest. But Yeah, I think reading is a discipline, but the more you require them to read, uh, the more they end up loving it. So you got to find good books and you want to um, just keep consistent with that. Also, super important is that you're reading to your kids. I don't even think there's an age that they're too old for it. As long as they'll listen to you, just keep reading to them. And the more you read to them, the more they fall in love with reading. And I will share one little tip if you've missed it in the past. Andrew Poudois, who uh, leads the Institute for Excellence in Writing Curriculum, um, he suggested to me in a podcast interview that to get kids to want to read, one way to do that is to read a really good book with them, read out loud to them. And then right when you get to a, a climax moment, something they really want to hear, you put the book down and say, oh, I have to go. I have to go do something. You leave the book open in front of them and 
it almost never fails that they're going to pick that book up and they're going to keep reading and then they're not going to want to stop reading. And I know that's happened recently with Levi and I where we're reading a good book and I'm like, I'm just too tired tonight. And then he goes in his room and he reads for another 30 minutes and I'm like, yes, score. That worked out. So I, I don't think there's one way to do it. Just keep the books around. And especially if screens are not an option, if books are around and you make them a big deal and you have good books, kids are likely to start wanting to read. And I can give you a link to the book list in my show notes um, that I have in Boy Mom. So I'll make that available to you over in show notes. Okay, next. This one's for the moms. And I like this because I think it applies to you no matter what you're up to in life. Somebody asked me tips, and I've actually had a few questions similar to the, to this one. Tips for time management. Um, this person is a work from home mom as well as a homeschool mom. How in the world um, do I manage my time, she asked. And what do I recommend? Oh, goodness. Time management, you guys, is a huge topic. And I can't say I'm a natural at it. I'm, I'm challenged in this area, but I'm learning more and more. Probably the first thing that comes to mind is just writing down a schedule. Any day that I write down a schedule and I try to break it down into chunks, maybe by the hour, what I'm going to focus on, if I can discipline myself to stick with a schedule, things go so much more smoothly. I know that when I don't have a schedule, it's so easy for me to just get, you know, go down rabbit trails, whether it's household tasks that just distract me or whether I end up on my phone scrolling through social media or getting buried in emails when really I have other things that need to take precedence. So yes, scheduling your day is super helpful. The other thing I'll say is getting up early and I'm not great at that either. But if I can be up well before my family, that gives me time to spend with the Lord, to do some devotions, but also a little extra, maybe if I've got another hour in there that I can tackle some emails that I can, you know, do a task or two, I feel so much more prepared than to be a good mom and to be present with my family, and then to break down my day into different tasks. So time management, uh, scheduling, getting up early are my two biggest tips. And then also looking for help where you need it. Sometimes we're trying to do too much and it's just not reasonable. So whether it's recruiting your husband or your kids to do a little bit more, maybe, uh, usually they can do more. They rise up to whatever you, the standards you set, at least that's for kids. And depending on your husband's schedule, he might be able to do a little bit more um, if you're trying to homeschool and work and all the household tasks. So recruiting some help and, uh, being prayerful and not trying to be superwoman because you're not, and I'm not, unfortunately. Okay, we're going to hit a couple more here before we wrap up. Again, I'm trying to choose the questions that really represent those I get often. So here's one, um, a tough one that has my heart. Okay, my 15-year-old struggles with his faith. She says, he just won't go there with me. And I I love, she said, perhaps he's just not built that way. I love that because Levi always uses that phrase. So I love that phrase. But um, I want to encourage you, mom of 15-year-old or anyone else out there who has a son who just doesn't want to talk about spiritual things, who you are just worried because his faith isn't shaping out to be what you maybe hoped it would be at this age. I think often of um, Wendy Speak, I remember saying something about how she wanted one of her sons who was leading worship. She's like, I wanted him to worship like a 40-year-old woman like herself when he's just a teenager playing the guitar. Like we have these ideas in our head that our kids are supposed to look a certain way or have some super mature faith when they're still working out their faith, or maybe they still have questions and you have to give them the time 
and you need to allow God to do his work in them over time. Now, certainly, I'm going to encourage moms and dads to have conversations with your kids, to be available, to let them know um, that you want to share Jesus with them, you want to talk to them, you want to be open to hearing their questions, and but you also don't want to be too preachy or in their face with things in a way that pushes them away. One thing I heard recently um, in a podcast somebody sent me, it was a pastor speaking on the mainland, and he was talking about parenting and how we really need to earn the right to be heard, even with our own kids. And so I think when they are teenagers and more able to dialogue and they're bringing their own questions or views, we want to earn that right by having that healthy relationship in place and by being someone they can trust to have good conversations, to hear them out. And when we've earned that right, then we can speak into their life more. So I think that helps us shift the focus from just like, I need to make sure my kid is on board with me. I need to make sure. But to say, if this is a teenager, you know, I need to earn the right to be heard. And so I need to to be the parent that is trustworthy and reasonable and listens and has conversations and then they will be more open to hearing what we have to share so that takes a lot of discernment and prayer and god will give that to you uh, james 1 5 you know if you lack wisdom ask god and he'll give you wisdom so he knows your child he knows your child's heart um, be very prayerful and continue to open up those conversations um, you can still require him to go to church. You can still do some family devotions, things like that, um, that aren't necessarily religious or preachy, but that just welcome him, him into a place of faith. And then the fact that he won't go there with you. 15 is an age where kids are often ready to talk to somebody else outside of mom and dad. And that's kind of a little bit hard for us to let go. But if you can find somebody in your community, a youth group leader, somebody that will care for your son who might come alongside him and invite him out for something to eat or to do a recreational activity, take a hike, who will then ask some questions and be a mentor figure. Uh, we got our boys hooked up into youth group. That was just kind of a required activity they had. And then we told them all we wanted them to be be in a small group setting. So they would get together with a couple kids and a leader and do Bible studies. And I think that that played a huge role in my boys' teenage years. So those are the things that come to mind. Um, keep praying. It might take some time, but God hears your prayers. And I know that your son will feel loved by you just continuing to reach out and let him know that you sincerely uh, want to support him and encourage him to continue to find people that will come alongside him as well. Okay, so let's get one more in here. Last one for today, and then I'm going to save the rest for future episodes. How about this? Um, we'll end on a friendship note with our sons. How have you become friends with your older sons? This person asked. She said she loves seeing the friendship I have with my older boys, and that's what she wants as well. Uh, well, if your kids are young, the good news is it starts now. You want to build those relationships with your sons when they're young, and then as they grow up, you'll have that foundation there. Now, you, your main role is to parent. You're not there to be your kid's best friend. So remember, you are, by design, there to parent your kids, to grow them up, 
to keep them safe, to teach them, to train them, to discipline them. That's important. But I always encourage you to weave in their moments of fun, of just carefree laughter, of dancing, of joy, silliness, tickles, cuddles, all of those things. So if that's not something that comes real natural to you, I encourage you to carve out time. Shoot for at least 10 minutes a day that are just fun times with your younger son. And then as he grows up, remember, your love and even playfulness needs to grow up with him. So I talk about this in Boy Mom in chapter two, where I talk about a connection that lasts. But it is important that that our love grows up with our boys. And so though you want to hold on to that connection you make when they're young, you definitely don't want to keep treating them the same way you treated them when they were young. You have to let your love and your relationship grow up with them. So there's no hacks for this. You can't rush this or cheat on this. It really takes time to know them and to find out what they're interested in. And I think a lot of motherhood is simply being there to listen and to care about the things that interest them. They just like to talk about it. So you may not even have to participate in the things they're interested in. Though if you find things you can do together, great. Whether it's a game or playing cards or listening to music, there's plenty of things you can do together. But I'm just saying, um, just being there to support them, being their cheerleader is oftentimes the most important thing. Now, there may be a season where your son is more drawn to dad or his peers. Don't be offended. Don't have hurt feelings. Just accept that and trust the process knowing that that connection is strong and that your son really does want to have a good relationship with you. I believe that. You just need to give it some time and let him know that you're there. And in time, uh, that relationship will return and probably be stronger than ever. Okay. Wow. We covered a bit and I feel like I've been talking for a long time. So thank you for hanging in there. Thank you for um, hanging in there through the announcements. Uh, It's such a joy to get to share this stuff with you. And also, I hope something in that Q&A was encouraging to you. I do still have a long list. So next time I do one of these, I'll try to get right to it, especially some topics on motherhood and life in the season I'm in. That's all good, fun stuff. Uh, But we'll get to another Q&A episode hopefully later this winter. Uh, But I just want to thank you so much for being a part of this community. You guys are the best. And I do hope you'll take a moment to hop over in show notes to that survey. I really will appreciate your feedback on the podcast future. So thanks for taking time to do that. And just appreciate you guys so much. So have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha.